Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're glad to have you today. Uh, This week, we've been in New York, West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, New Mexico, and California. We're glad to have listeners from all over. That reflects only about a third of the various states that have come on during the course of our podcasts. We appreciate you. We welcome you. We would love to hear from you at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging. We're thrilled to have you. Today we're going to look into the Great Commission, and we're going to ask the question, is the Great Commission really saying what has it has been made to be said by our church world. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look into the Great Commission. We're going to see if it really is saying what they are saying about it. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God says to us. And then, let us be changed into the image of your dear Son as we apply the Word to our heart. God, we ask that Jesus would speak out of the Godhead, reveal to the Holy Ghost what we need to say, how we need to teach it, and that we would receive that and release it to your people. We'll give you praise and honor and glory for it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen. So again, welcome, and let's get into the Word of God. We're looking at Matthew chapter 28, and we're starting in verse 19 and 20. The Word of God says, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, this week I was in a meeting where the Great Commission was being expressed, exposed, taught, where the tenor of the meeting was to motivate leaders to go and uh, teach and preach the gospel. And so the comment was made that 51% of Christian people do not understand or even know what the Great Commission is. So that led me back to begin a study because I wanted to make sure I I was clear on the Great Commission and I was clear as I brought it to my people to, to, to ask them what their understanding of the Great Commission was. When I did so, I had nine people in a Bible study. Out of those nine people, 100% knew what the Great Commission was, knew um, the intent 
of the Great Commission. Um, and so um, that reflected quite well on uh, their understanding. However, as I begin to study this scripture in light of all of the scripture, I found some things I want to share with you. It's going to take me a couple of parts to get it done. Number one, when we look into Matthew 28, we see some direct instruction. Go ye, teach all nations, instructions on baptism, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am is with you. Of course, this is a reference to how the Godhead is going to be operating. And then, I am is with you even unto the end of the world. Now, how did we get from this that the idea was to focus on getting people saved? Well, the common theme would be some scriptures say disciple, make disciples instead of teaching them. Um, the reference to baptism is certainly there. Um, so what does this concept or reference of discipling and specifically baptism entail? Well, baptism would entail the full immersion into as if to wash completely. It would involve the work of the cross. It would involve the work of the tomb. It would involve the direct references to why I am is always with you. Because it is done, all of these are done by the names associated, now get this, with the Godhead. Now let's look at what Jesus said. We see it being produced by a full immersion into and all into all things and that's good the consensus is that because he's speaking of baptism and because in acts baptism has been seen as an act that followed believing this is what the passage refers to and and it very well may, may do that. But in the book of Acts, they baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord when water baptism was used. That was the experience after believing. So it's possible that this scripture carries a different implication. Certainly, it carries forth a different Time in Jesus' ministry. Let's see. So we're being immersed uh, and becoming complete in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This, of course, is also stated by Paul in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Concerning how the man and the Godhead bodily completed the believer. It does not take much study to know that Jesus 
at the time we're referring to in Matthew 28 is shortly going to return to the Godhead to sit at the right hand of God. So as he prepares for his second ascension, he is providing instructions to the apostles and the disciples that include, now get this, the operation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have not followed me, the second ascension is called that because when Jesus came out of the tomb and met Mary, he said, I'm going to my Father and your Father. And when he returns in verse 18, he says, all authority has now been given to me in heaven and earth. So there was an ascension of the sprinkling of the blood, of the giving of uh, the Lordship, and then the return of Jesus to make the commands uh, that we read in Acts chapter 1. So the understanding of the operation of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as being one becomes vital to the success of the early church. It is these three in one that are going to be with you according to Jesus' words always. It is the mind of these three that will allow you to continue to do and to teach what Jesus began to do and to teach. It is essential that we understand the work of the Godhead is the influence that is required for the church to complete the role for which they have been called. So, it is possible that Jesus is here stating the influence of how the Godhead would interact with man in completeness, in the baptism of immersion that brings to fruition the complete and the completeness of where he is gone, what he has done, where he is seated, and from where he will operate as advocate, intercessor, and mediator. Huh. Very interesting. It also would show us how that man would have the Godhead to be able to know in the earth exactly what the grand design for man was to be from the heavenly perspective. For this purpose, Jesus sent the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, that would allow him to communicate directly to man and give instructions. Now watch this now and give commands according to Acts chapter 1 and verse 2. So, it's possible that what Jesus is saying to all of his followers is teach all nations concerning my finished work. Now, what is that finished work? Well, we have chosen in modern Christendom, to focus on the work of the cross. But the finished work 
involves all of the work that led to his return to the Godhead. Note this. There would have been no return to his original position in the Godhead unless all of the works of Jesus Christ had not been done completely. We identify this fact by understanding that from this work, the completed work, the benefits of salvation are revealed and released to the believer. Along with this, the Holy Spirit is released into the earth to fulfill the promise of Jesus' teaching and to fulfill the promise of the Father. All of this is executed by grace through faith and that being the gift of God. Now, I'll be doing subsequent podcasts on how faith was a gift, who uses faith, and how to operate in faith shortly. So I'll not say much about faith here. What I will say, however, is concerning the grace component. Now before I get there, I want to make sure you understand what the accomplished works of Jesus Christ are and how they relate to salvation. The cross is related to salvation in that it is the healer. It forgives man of his transgressions, iniquities, lost peace. And by the stripes that were laid upon him, man is healed. The tomb, the second place of Jesus, is the place where preservation of his inner man takes place. But the outer man dies. The flesh being destroyed and left in the tomb. Then there is his descension into hell where the Holy Spirit came and retrieved him from there as a promise of the Father. And there, paralyzing hell, Jesus took the keys of death and hell and was resurrected in a new body. Seen now at the tomb by Mary, he declares, I'm going to my father, where having gone there, he sprinkles the blood in the tabernacle as the high priest. As the high priest there, he makes safe. Out of the grave, he delivered man and became the victoriously anointed Christ. In his first ascension, sprinkling blood on the tabernacle, the vessels of the tabernacle, he makes man safe. Coming out of the tabernacle and entering in to the throne room of God, he is declared Lord. At that point, salvation becomes the sound element of God, whereby everything that has a name bows at the exalted name of Jesus. Then, he is brought back to earth where he is speaking in Matthew 28 and speaking in Mark 16 and speaking in John 20 and 21 and speaking in Acts chapter 1. Then he completes his work by ascending into the final position of which he held from the foundation of the world and according to Peter, is seated at the right hand of majesty. So, those are the completed works of Jesus. Now, 
What I want to say next is concerning the grace component. Many people see grace as a term that God devised and released to Paul as a revelation. In reality, it is not. Grace has two components that must be understood. First, grace is a person, and we must understand who he is. Verse 14 of John 1 said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17 said, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by, by Jesus Christ. So grace is really a person. He in himself was full of grace and truth, he brought in himself the traits that grace would be. So what is grace? Look at John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. The Word, grace, my friend, is eternal. Grace is personal. All things were made by him, and without him not anything that was made was made. Grace is the creator. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Grace is both light and life. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Grace is the illumination into darkness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, the grace, the word, Jesus Christ, that all men through him, the personal, eternal creator, who is light, life, illumination, through him, through grace, they might believe. John was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The word, which was personal, eternal, creative, light, life, illumination. He was here under the grace that was by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own. In all of these wonderful works as the word, and they received him not. But as many, now watch this, as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. Grace became the salvation of mankind. The word made flesh, which is eternal, personal, creator, light, life, illumination, has now become the salvation of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the Father, but of God. And the word was made flesh, Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, and he was full of his eternal self, his personal self with God, his creative self. He was full of light. He was full of life. He was full of illumination. He was full of salvation. He was full of the glory of God. 
and he was full of grace and truth. Huh. It's easy to see that grace is the unveiling of all that the word which was made flesh is and will become to anyone who the Holy Spirit draws into the glorious understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Now what did we uncover here? We uncovered the word that was in the beginning that was with God and the word that was God. The word who we know as Jesus Christ was with God and he was God. This tells us of his original position in the Godhead. This is an important understanding because from this position he is miraculously birthed and comes among mankind to express the disposition, attitudes, and character traits of the Godhead. We also found out that grace is in a person by his attributes and his personality traits of which he inherited from his father. His knowledge is a reflection of what he saw the father do from the Godhead and what he heard his father say. It's critical to understand that all of his interactions with mankind come from the perspective of how the Godhead thinks, acts, and instructs mankind. Understanding this now, we inquire as to what does grace do? We know who grace is. So what does grace do? We know who grace was having left the Godhead to distribute among mankind the way the Godhead thinks, acts, says and does. We know who grace is. Now let's ask the question. So what does grace do? There are four distinct works of grace. Grace is the favor of God based upon the accomplished works of Jesus Christ, the high priest, the Lord, and the man in the Godhead. This favor is unmerited because you were in your sin when Jesus took your sin to die on your behalf. Grace is the influence of God that comes from an encounter with light and enlightenment, and this comes from his rainbow word. This, my friend, is the revelation of his utterance, which can be seen in the spoken Important that you hear that. Or written word of God. So how does he speak? He speaks as the man from the Godhead. Who does he speak through? The Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit then give us? The revelation of precisely what Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and man in the Godhead is saying through acts of instruction, direction, empowerment, through acts of showing us things we don't know and giving us things that we need to say. And then, of course, we have the Word of God to read and to gain utterance and revelation and insight, concepts, and ideas from. Then grace is the way God does things concerning the interactions, communications, and commandments of God towards man. In other words, he communicates through the Holy Spirit from the Godhead. He commands through the Holy Spirit from the Godhead. He interacts and instructs man through the Holy Spirit from the Godhead. Grace then 
exposes the open heaven of judgment whereby every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus because they are all related to his accomplishments and his release of the plan of salvation. Now remember, Jesus and the plan of salvation. Jesus was the healer on the cross. Jesus' spirit was preserved in the tomb, but his flesh died. Jesus was uh, brought, delivered out of hell, and became the victoriously anointed Christ. Jesus ascends and becomes the high priest who sprinkles the blood of safety for the eternal well-being of everyone who believes. Jesus proceeds into the throne room where he is crowned Lord, thereby bringing everything under the soundness of his reign and rulership as Lord. He returns to earth, ascends to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, where there we are made immersed. We are made whole. We are made complete in his work. So when we see the scripture that identifies baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are seeing seeing a reference to the work of the Godhead and the immersion into what the Godhead can do, will do, how the Godhead thinks, and how the Godhead is going to communicate with mankind. How Jesus being the advocate, mediator, and intercessor, is going to operate in the Godhead so that the commands of which he has spoken and of which he will speak are continued after his own ministry. And lo, the Godhead, I am, will be with you always. So grace exposes the open heaven of judgment whereby every promise of God is yes and amen. In Christ Jesus, because they're all related to his accomplishments of which I've just spoken, and his release of the plan of salvation, the names and the operations of salvations of which I have just correlated in your hearing. He is grace. He is the captain of our salvation. His name is exalted in all three worlds. He is the promises of which he possesses. He serves now to advocate, intercede, and mediate his promises in the Godhead for his people. He reveals his responses to us through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that phenomenal? So we've defined grace as to who grace is, and we have shared with you what grace does. We further attached what each of the actions of grace are based upon and how they work. I'm going to conclude this first session right here. Rest assured, there's much more to come. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Minister to your word. Open the eyes of your people. May we be both a hearer and a doer. But may we be a seeker. May we go beyond common thought that so easily covers over the depths of your word. 
as we believe we have found the inner revelation of the Great Commission and what is called the Great Commission to know and understand that what Jesus is speaking of, what you are speaking of here, is the completed work of Jesus Christ and being immersed in that work. And from that work, great directives and commands are going to follow so that we can continue to do all of the work that Jesus laid forth. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Bless your people. Give us peace and grace, and we will praise you now and forever in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Well, may God bless you as you digest the content of this teaching. May you be revealed by the Holy Spirit truth. Until we talk again, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is your man in the Godhead. If you will immerse yourself in Him, He will show you what the Godhead is thinking, what the Godhead is doing, and what the Godhead is instructing through His Spirit directly into your life. God bless you until we talk again.